0: All right, welcome to our latest MX Vice SMX review show podcast. As we talk all things Detroit Supercross from what was a crazy day of action. Obviously, thank you all for listening and supporting the site. We really appreciate it. Before we get started, we'd like to thank our sponsors: In Golf Racing, Fuels, Fly Racing, Monster Energy, Fox, Parts Europe, Scott, Bell Helmets, Acherby's, A 3 Performance, Kawasaki UK, KTM UK, O'Neill, Whole Shop Motorhomes, Yamaha, and even Strokes for all the incredible support. As without them, none of this would be possible. All right, for this episode, we have another Whiskey Throttle times MX Vice collab, as I'm firstly joined by Whiskey Throttle editor-at-large, Jeff Beaver. How's life, and thanks for joining us, mate? Looked like a crazy one in Detroit you were at.
1: Yeah, man, it was nuts, literally. Uh, was cold <laughs> as hell, uh, so we'll give Cameron the benefit of the doubt. It was very cold on that floor, uh, but yeah, it, uh, it was a very revealing... Uh, Supercross race, not what I expected.
0: It was interesting. Yeah, mate. Look forward to chatting all about it. And obviously, MX Vice Tester Brad Wheeler's with us as well. How's life? And cheers for joining us too, mate.
2: Yeah, no, it's real good. Went out, managed to get out yesterday. Um, It was a little breezy, but the track conditions were absolutely awesome. Like Thornbury MX did an awesome job prepping the track. Uh, Yeah, managed to get get a test in on the new random gear they sent out. so hopefully get that out in the next coming weeks. Uh the Bell Motor's 10 on the FMF uh 4.1 system as well. So yeah, managed to get quite a bit in and uh, <clears throat> hopefully the weather's gonna sort of be our friend for the next couple of weeks and we can really smash it out because uh things are um things are building up. We've just uh got a parcel from MotoMaster as well. So they've sent out some sprockets and discs and pads, change and stuff for our test bikes. So Little shout out to them guys as well. So, yeah, hopefully um, we can smash it out in the next coming weeks.
0: No, nah, mate, exciting times ahead. Look forward to seeing all the content you produce. And obviously, on to the racing. And I guess, Jeff, we'll start with you. You were there, mate, in Detroit. Obviously, so much going on. It was a crazy weekend of action. So I guess, how was it? The cold in that format with the day race and you guys at Whiskey Throttle just smashing the content, mate. The track was certainly in a pretty rough state, but I guess you've got some words to say on McAdoo to start it out with because that was kind of the big talking point, wasn't it?
1: Oh, God, dude. Uh, Yeah, it it was... uh, I mean, as far as Detroit goes, it was uh, banana hammock weather. Uh, Apparently, that's what McAdoo thought, but... (laughs) Uh, you know, it was only 30 degrees Fahrenheit, which is relatively warm there, but uh, something about that stadium uh, coming down the tunnel, it's a real steep drop into that tunnel, it's like a Venturi, and it was like standing in a, in a, in a freezer with a fan on when you got down to the podium, and uh, in the stadium wasn't the back, that bad, like up in the stands, but otherwise, it was cold, so that track was really soft, too, uh, I was doing the track walk on Friday, and I kind of hopped one whoop to the other and my my foot left about a quarter inch imprint into the base of the whoop and i went oh this is gonna be gnarly and it was i mean they rebuilt the whoops a couple times but uh i was talking to mike at club mx and he was like man with those 450s going first the for the qualifying the 250s in the main event are just going to be all over the place you know so it's a miracle nobody really wadded up too bad but uh, no it was it was a it was a good weekend a lot of crazy racing I didn't expect vegan to run with his bars bent down like an old barley and uh Timus was uh pretty surprising you know Ian Perez was really surprising I I think he was up to fourth with a lap or two to go and then he crashed and got back to finished eighth. Uh, Preston Bas flew finished uh 13th uh that was pretty cool he's been working down on Kevin's Farm. And, uh, Daxton Bennett hit the third at the first pro race, man, you know, that kid was so happy with, uh, he, on the, uh, post-race press. He was just all smiles. I don't think he could believe it. And one of the guys in there, uh, stats guy said, Hey, you're the first guy in 10 years to debut and hit a podium. So he didn't know that, which was pretty sick. And then, so Fortner, he, he was just on fire. I mean, whole shot to whole shot and Rhino, he's made a huge difference in that kid's program. You know, I think he kind of went back with the tortoise and the hare approach, you know, be consistent and and work on your fundamentals and then, and then the speed will come, you know, the kid's always been fast, but it it was just to be in a detriment to him. He was going so fast. He was missing some of the basics. um, He didn't look extraordinarily fast this weekend, but he was out front killing it. And uh, I would have loved to see what him and Deegan would have done had Deegan's bike not been wadded, that that would have been cool to see that. Um, in the post praise press conference, he went into detail about the changes he's made this year and working with Rhino and his other uh strength coach. And I think he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. I mean, that was a that was a statement ride. It wasn't like uh, it wasn't like everybody crashed and he was out front. He he had pretty much the whole shot locked in whether everybody behind him crashed or not. And he whole shot all his heats. He was fast ball buying. I mean, uh, you can't kind of say that uh, those guys behind him crashing handed him the win. Cause I don't think that's the case. I think it just thinned out the field a bit for him, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm super look forward, looking forward to, to what Walker does.
2: Yeah. I think uh, <clears throat> obviously the first certain crash, played a pretty vital role in the <clears throat> in the outcome of the race. Um, with obviously Deegan, Vial, McAdoo, Hamaker, a lot of guys going down. But um Faulkner, yeah, looked real solid. Didn't really look like that old school Faulkner you know, with like the blister and speed. He was just like steady, hitting his marks, which on that track was the the quickest way around, I think. Um even if Deegan was there, I think he uh, his riding style and the way he attacks everything, I think he would have struggled a little bit on a track like that where you needed to be inch perfect, really. Like the ruts were horrible. Um the the whoops just up, just kicked out horrible. The whole track just looked just beat to shit, really. Um super soft. Um, so yeah, I think Faulkner looked real good. I think he's gonna be. He's got a bit of a veteran head on. I think. I think he's going to be there every week, just sort of floating around that top four, top five, just putting, taking the wins when they're there, but just sort of minimizing those those big points losses, which has pretty much cost him championships in the past. So, but yeah, I think Cody Shock, first first outing on the the Club MX Yamaha, puts it in the top four. I think that's a, a really sort of unrecognized really obviously career best finish for him and yeah obviously never even been anywhere near the sort of the top five before so he's taken a massive leap this year the first turn obviously did help that I probably wouldn't have finished fourth had all the other guys got around the first turn. but like you say if you finish first first you've got to finish so it, um, it's one of those things that's that's why we line them up each weekend but yeah, I think you've got you got to give props to to Deegan to to finish the race with the bars like that. Um, I didn't like the when he when he gave the bird to Vial, uh, coming the other way. It's like one you you just assume in Vial's full to crash, which he actually didn't. So now you just like a map it, but just like just fucking get on with the race and it. Like worry about it after if you want to have words with him, um. But I guess that's just the the kid and the youthful exuberance coming out. Um, Yeah, kind of had a sort of <clears throat> throwback to the Roman Febvre crash he had at Majora, where his bars were just bent in half and he put in an absolutely championship ride that weekend. So yeah, you never know. This That 16th place could be the difference between the championship at the end of the year. Yeah, well said, mate.
0: And certainly yep. we'll start with the 250s here and just got some stats from Paul Piercy. He sent through, obviously, Faulkner led the 21 laps. It's pretty interesting stuff in the main event fastest lap times. Obviously, Hymas was just ahead of Faulkner and Bennick. And then the main event best average lap times was Faulkner, Bennick, and Anstey. And then the most consistent lap times, which is the least difference between the fastest and slowest laps, was Anstey. Pierce Brown, who actually rode really well, and same with Miller. So very impressive stuff, some pretty cool stuff to take away from there. So your thoughts, firstly, Jeff, on the likes of Anstey as well. How good was that? And then I'm sure Brad's got plenty to say about the Brit too. Yeah, I
1: mean, who doesn't like that guy? He's freaking rad. But he was riding really, really well. Uh, I think those kind of tracks just naturally suit of uh, Ruddy and... Uh, I kind of call it Velcro dirt. You know, you just look at all the faces of the jumps. and All you see is the knobs coming up and then before they hit the rut. But he, he him and Hymas were battling pretty good. Dude. That, that was probably the race within the race, right? Uh, that, that was kind of fun to watch that. I don't think uh, he's going to back down from anybody. And again, you know, you look at club, how good they're doing this year. And you look at firepower with Max on the East with their Hondas. I think it is we're really starting to see how much that gap is narrowed between the factory machines and the privateer machines just because of how good the engineering is with the stock bikes right and you you, you get so many so much data and feedback from everybody until there's a, a major leaps and bounds technology breakthrough uh, I think these bikes are going to really really kind of close up you know and uh, you know you look at his team I think he's got like Five people on it. It's uh, Martin, him, mechanic, engine guy, suspension guy. I mean, it's like Shade Tree mechanic uh, race team. Really, I mean, they they could all share a hotel room if they really needed to. And to go out and podium at a supercross, that's badass, dude. Um, Bennett getting it. That was cool. Uh, Good kid. You never hear a whole. You hear about him, but he doesn't say much on on media. You know, so it was kind of cool to see his personality come out in the, in the post race and talk about his writing Pat Would he have made the podium without the wreck? I think he's one of the ones who probably benefited from the wreck, but I think he would have been a top five, top six kind of guy. Uh, in another, in another scenario, Brown, that, that was probably the biggest surprise for me. I'm like, man, where'd that come from? I mean, you knew it was fast, but uh, he, he really stepped it up another level and, it, it uh it was cool to see how complex the east is it's not going to be just a, a complete you know what show with uh with Deegan I think I think you're gonna have Pierce in there and Orkner getting in there uh want to see Hamaker uh that 4 guy's been catching a lot of crap for that that crash and I'm like guys it's a racing incident and, and Hamaker's not a stupid guy or a stupid racer you know and and then, you know, people giving him shit, calling him a pussy because he didn't finish. And it's like, hey dude, you're not out there riding super cross-track. And I I watched him get up and he was like chomping at the bit to get back on that bike and go. And he let out the clutch and started to go. And you can you could almost see the light bulb above his head, like no screw that, something's wrong. He went back over to Jacob and they kind of messed with the bike for 30 seconds or whatever, and then they called the ball. So I don't I haven't talked to him, but I would assume something was cutting out or something just spooked him and you, you gotta be one dumb son of a bitch to go head out onto the super cross track track with a bike that's cutting out i mean the guy already has a hi- highlight reel get off at la over a triple i don't think he wants to relive that moment just go back to the truck and, and chop it up as shit happens but you know people need to understand dude to come down that start straight you hook the back of a bike it wasn't Bial's fault uh it wasn't Seth's fault it was just a racing incident and, and The fact that nobody got broke off or ended up in the hospital, like broken bones from that wreck. I've I've got some stills of Nick Romano with a bike on top of him, another privateer bike slamming him in the back and his arms sticking out, kind of going through some of these fork tubes. How he didn't get broke off in like six different ways is a a miracle. Evan Ferry's the one who got Mm. the shit into that stick. He missed that padding by a foot and I was standing right above that and i just i watched him come around the outside i'm like oh 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 and Vial, he he needs to put a cruise missile on his butt patch next weekend because he got launched he flies over slams into one he slams into deegan cleans his clock and then i forget i don't know who the rider he was but just slams and that guy goes flying and then uh that put ferry over into the dirt and he just he when he hit that wall you he just heard a slap it was like Oh, dude, that did not feel good. And he just went limp, and I am i had my camera pointing at him. I'm like, no, nah, I'm not going to take a picture of a downrider. That ain't cool, right? So, I did take a picture of the bike. I'm like, oh, hey, the bike looks pretty good, you know? Uh, but, uh, yeah, that, that was freaking gnarly that nobody got hurt, and then obviously, we'll kind of revisit the Cameron thing, and I do want to share one thing. None of us knew what happened with McAdoo's wardrobe failure when we were out there shooting, and when I came back in after the uh, 250 race, the photo den was just everybody just kind of had this weird look on their face and just everybody was kind of huddled around one computer kind of laughing. And I'm like, so damn funny. And they're all, dude, McAdoo's nutsacks hanging out. I'm like, what? And they go, dude, his balls are hanging out. I'm like, shut up. You're full of shit. You know, you can't. You know, those guys are squirrely as hell. You know, I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'm up. You know, I'm, I'm going down to the track. Right. So I go down and then I pop on Instagram real quick to load something while I'm waiting for the four fifty race and uh the Lord of Moto memes posts this thing up and there's his plums just hanging out. I'm like, damn man, what kind of ball toner does he use? 'Cause those things, you know, they look pretty slick, dude. I was like, mine were out there, it looked like an old Brillo pad was hanging out, you know, it'd be scaring people, you know. I was like, That dude really does have a set of balls on him, you know. Good good on him, right? You know, fucking own it, dude. But uh yeah, so anyway, to fast forward, I didn't go through all my photos. I get on my flight uh, yesterday, and so I had a connection from Houston to Orange County. And so I get on my computer, and I start going through my photos, and I didn't think I shot anything of McAdoo after, because he wasn't in his position, right? I was kind of following the leaders around getting shots. And I happened to catch one of them coming through the, uh, or two of them coming through the whoops, and he won the number plate, was my best friend, and blocked everything out. Another one you could kind of see a outline of the plums hanging around, and uh, I didn't I didn't get it too bad. And then I forgot at the end of the race I was on the safety hold, which is right at the edge of the railing of the uh, the bleacher or the the grandstands. And then there's the plywood skirt and the track, so you're about 8, 10 feet above the surface of the track, and then plus however tall I am, so I'm about fifteen feet in the air. And I wanted to get a picture of Guillaume Perez coming off the track. So Guillaume comes off the track, and then McAdoo was the last one on. And so I see McAdoo right there, and I just swung my camera down, and I clicked a shot. Wads about 10 feet above him and 10 feet from him. Went on about my business, threw my camera in my bag, went down, watched 450 Maine. So as I'm going through these pictures on my laptop last night, or last night on the flight home, I clicked the last photo, and there it is. Sweet Jesus. I got the full My Concho spread Playgirl magazine. That dude's crotch was blown out, and his marbles were just resting on that gripper seat. Just, how you doing? Hey, what's up? I'm Cameron. This is my sack, and this is my pecker. I mean, it was ridiculous, dude. And I'm like, oh, slam my laptop. Shut up. I'm like, Jesus Christ. I'm going to get thrown off this flight, you know? What the frick, you know? So, Oh, dude. Yeah. So uh, Cameron owes me a therapy session for that one, dude. Uh, I'm going to send him a bill that that was I did. I didn't need the full frontal camera, uh, you know, got him. He's got a set of nuts on him, though. I'll give that to the boy. You know, he's got something to be proud of. So there you go. Uh, that's all I got to say about the 250 race. And uh, after I get off the phone, I got to call my therapist again.
2: Yeah, I think uh, I think you covered most of it um you didn't really see much of the much of the shaft on the broadcast just kind of what's been floating around facebook today oh um,
1: i did i did yeah funny.
2: yeah i seen a seen a video he's hitting the triple and then the guy watching it just zooms in it's just just flopping around like a windsock uh i mean credit credit where it's due, doing the full the full 15 minutes plus a lap with your with your um crown jewels hanging out your shorts um, I mean, that's pure commitment to the cause. Um, but moving on, moving on from that, I think yeah, I mean, Ferry rode really well in the LCQ. He got the start. Um, didn't didn't like to show any of those those rookie nerves. Um, obviously LCQ is pretty pretty nerve wracking place to be in your first Supercross race. It's not really ideal, but um, credit where it's due. He got the start and yeah, put in put in some solid laps and took the win. And then in the in the main event, he got a, got a great jump and was like really coming across hard until he just disappeared into the wall um which yeah was amazing that nobody actually got hurt to the point where they're going to miss racing it was pretty um pretty spectacular um but yeah i mean i don't really think there's much else to. i mean chance hymas looked really good in the heat race with running a really good pace at the start and then sort of drop back and then the same in the main event. I think he's suffering with a bit of a, a knee injury. Um so that's probably part of part of the reason for that. And yeah, Guillaume Perez for a super cross as well. I think an eight's pretty pretty respectable, pretty commendable on a track like that. He's probably not done a lot of testing on a track that beat up, never rode a track that beat up. So yeah, good on him. Something to build on, I think Obviously, Motocross is probably where you're going to see most of his skill, particularly in his first couple of years. So, yeah, I think if he can continue to put it in that top 10, I think that's uh, that's, that's pretty solid. And Jalik, I think Jalik is really up to his game this year. He's, he's he's never really been a Supercross guy. There's always been this thing about him just being awful in the whoops and missing main events when he's a factory rider. But to come from that first turn crash back to sixth on a bike that's never raced Supercross before, I think is... Is an awesome, awesome result just to get the and to get both triumphs in the main event. I'm first asking, is is cool. It's, um, it's a good, I think it's a really good year for the sport. We've got loads of new brands joining with more on the horizon. I think, uh, yeah, the sports, the sport sort of, uh, is looking good moving forward in the next couple of years. We've got there's more, um, international riders coming over, obviously with Prado and Ferez and the Coonan brothers heading over probably in the next couple of years. So yeah, the uh, AMA is going to be, it's sort of, I think it's slowly turning back into what it was back when it was Carmichael and Stu and it was really just the dominant force. I think this this where we're, going, we're heading back that direction. Yeah, it was certainly a great weekend. And just on Fares, yeah, obviously he was in
0: sixth and had last lap crash to finish eighth. So pretty impressive. First overall Supercross and obviously battling the nerves, battling the format, racing in that environment with all those guys. And yeah, they sort of pretty wild, that 250 class. So yeah, he's just getting used to everything. So all things considered, pretty impressive for his first gate drop since Thunder Valley last year. So very demanding. And just quickly, Jeff, have you got any thoughts on the Triumph, mate? Seeing it in person, how cool was it seeing, obviously, Swole and Ferry. Swole's day was pretty impressive, right? back from last to get that sixth spot and he's like he's saying he was pretty comfortable on the bike and he really liked how that Triumph turns feels really nimble on it so I guess it looks like a really solid package and he felt that he definitely had podium speed if he would have avoided the carnage so a lot of upside from Triumph and then you can touch on the 450s and Jet and then Brad can follow into his thoughts on the 450s too.
1: Yeah I mean Both the Triumphs, that was an impressive debut. I mean, that sucks what happened to Evan and even having to go through the LCQ, but he killed it, and uh, I can't wait to see him uh, come back and fight another day. I think what St. Louis is the next round on the East, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong on that, but I think Triumph made a hell of a statement. Uh, Jalik definitely, like you said, he upped his game. Uh, I, I think try and shut a lot of people up the other day. If they would have come out and bombed, uh, they'd have never heard the end of it. It'd be like, leave the hype, you know, unless he came out. Yeah, And So, they they just, uh, they played it smart. They they did their rollout, which wasn't my favorite rollout. I wish they would have just thrown the bike out there and let everybody see it at one time. But they, they didn't do a whole lot of talking. They didn't do a whole lot of squawking. They just shut their mouth. They came out and rode. And I I got a lot of respect for that. I thought that was awesome. Uh, uh, Real quick, just to kind of finish talking on the 250s, uh, Jet Reynolds texted me this morning. Uh, You know, he said, I'm going to be okay. He said, everything's fine. I'm okay, bro. So uh, I walked down on the track and seen Mike down there. I just looked at him and he shook his head. I walked up and gave him a hug. I'm like, damn, dude, this is bullshit. (laughs) You know, that poor kid. But apparently he just tipped over in that ride after the uh, start rhythm and uh just jammed his shoulder pretty good so i think we'll see him back in two three weeks here uh when the east fires back up and uh everything i saw from him looked really good uh evan posted today hey he's fine he's just beat up he's sore and jeremy martin posted today that he's in his concussion protocol. so everything was really good um on to the 450s man that uh that ride from jetson that uh, that was impressive uh, he, he was gaining all day. They're kind of expected it, and I think probably going to see that again in in Glendale if he doesn't have any injuries in between now and then. Uh, seems to do real well in those standard format races. Um, I, I just I think the head of teams built, and uh, he got all his rookie BS out of the way. He's going to be good to go. Uh, Ch- uh, Ch- Chase looked really good. Um, nothing real bad about it. Uh, he kind of was put on a charge and then it got a little squirrely and I think he'd say, I'm going to second on this one. I'm going to back it off. He's got the red plate by one point now. Uh, you know, so it wasn't a bad deal, but Tomac, I I don't know what's going on there, dude. You know, I, I, I don't want to be one of those people that it bashes on the guy. You know, uh, I don't think that's right. But uh, I don't know if he's hunting around for a bike setting, or he's dealing with that injury, or I, I can't imagine a guy like that would have confidence issues. You know what I mean? Uh, I just, I just think he hasn't found what he needs to be comfortable yet. But I, I think after if, after this weekend, if he doesn't come out and wax everybody at uh, Glendale, I think it's uh, you kind of gotta chalk it up that he ain't gonna win the bottle. I Just There's going to be too much water under that bridge, which too be badass dudes. AP looked pretty good. Uh, So it was kind of hard to to watch their age from down on the field, especially where we're at for a long start straight. So I didn't see a whole lot. I do want to give a shout-out to my boy Justin Hill. He got that uh, LCQ win. Uh, If he quit taking a nap on the damn starting line, uh, the old sheriff might get up there and – hand out some uh, tickets and uh, take some people into custody. But you can't do that when you're snoozing on the line, Justin. But, uh, no, he he looked really good. And it was just cool to see him get up there and get some TV time on the podium and and all that stuff. And that dude's a rad human being. So, uh, hopefully he uh, keeps progressing onward and upward. I'd love to see him get another podium this year because he's got the drive and the intensity. So, uh, it's just got to have – right set of circumstances and i think he'll do fine but the 450s kind of worked out the way i thought they would this week i i kind of had jet picked to to win and and i'll make a prediction that i think he's going to do well in glendale i think it's just going to be a rocket ship of a track and i think that's right up his alley so i think everybody better batten down the hatches or get really aggressive with him or it's going to be a long year that's all i got to say about 450s
2: yeah i think um yeah, can't really can't really argue too much with any of that. I think you kind of see what Jet does when he when he gets the start. He like that, that four second gap is just right where he wants it. The whole race, at any point he got a little bit close. He just kind of whipped it up a little bit and pulled it back out. It's um it's kind of frightening to watch that he's able to just flick that switch for a lap or two and then just rein it back in. Um, to be able to do that in this class and have sort of that mindset at his age uh, does not bode well for the rest of the competition but uh, yeah I think the only way you're going to beat him you've got to get in there and ruffle his feathers like Anderson did at uh, San Diego. one of the sons the the one where he got really angry at him but just yeah basically got in his way chucked him out of his rhythm didn't let him do what he wanted to do. Basically, it just really mess with his head. Uh, I the way I think the way Jet is carries his speed is what makes him quicker than everyone else. Just the momentum he carries around the track. So if you can get him thinking about you just diving down the inside every corner, so he's got to really cut those insides off. Can't carry that corner speed. Um, and yeah, really just mess with him. This is the best. I think the best way you can do it. I think Cooper Webb's the guy that's going to be able to do that if he can if he can keep him in that four second range, where Jet thinks he's safe, but then Cooper just wicks out those final three laps and yeah it does what Cooper does. I think that's his that's his best shot. I don't think Jets had the like had to go the full distance, should we say? He's always kind of had it wrapped up, really, with a couple laps to go, and just sort of eased eased it in, eased it in. But if he's got a, if he's got a hungry web, um, raining him, sort of reeling him in with two, three laps to go, that's a, that's not a place you want to be, very often if you can help it, because um, yeah, those final, those final couple laps, Coop can do things that, not many people can do. So, um, I think that's their best shot. Maybe just everyone just let push Coop forward, they can work together, get Coop up to second, and uh, try and beat the kid, but I mean, he's looking good. You can't take it away from him. As long as he gets that start and stays out of trouble, he's going to be difficult to beat. Sexton just doesn't look the same this year. Doesn't have that raw speed. He, I don't know, I guess he's just... He's not dominating qualifying uh, either, is he? No, he's just not got that top-end speed that he had on the Honda. I mean, he's the points leader so you can't really say he's not doing very well but yeah I think it's a much more consistency based uh, red plate he's just there every week which wins championships just as much as being the quickest guy does. sometimes more often than not I mean how many times have we seen Dungey win the title and he's not been the quickest guy that year I mean beat Roxon to it in 2016 beat Tomat to it in 2017 I mean it's not unheard of um, with regards to Tomac, I think you. I think the bike set was an issue, and I think that's just, you just saw the difference between being a hundred percent and being ninety five percent in this class. It's just that stacked It's just that five percent sends you from third back to tenth and getting lapped. It's ridiculous. Um, and yeah, I mean the rest of it. I think Hunter with an eighth is a solid ride. He's sort of slowly building. Building into it now. He just needs to up that intensity off the start. He's he's getting relatively good starts, but just gets shuffled back so quickly within the space of three or four turns. He just needs to get the elbows out. I mean, I'm talking like it's no big deal. Like I'd probably do it, no problem. But <laughs> it's uh, obviously the people he's up against are different gravy. So it's it's not as simple as just fuck's sake, get a move on. It's uh yeah I mean he'll he'll get there I mean he's he's an older guy for a rookie, so he'll figure it out and yeah, just moving down I think yeah, Justin Hill was kind of just looked like he wasn't interested the first half of the race in the lcq and then all of a sudden just remembered that he needs to finish in the top four whipped it up and then disappeared so I think you kind of saw what how good Justin Hill can be when he, when he needs to be, he just needs to put it together for those 20 minutes, which is again, easier said than done. And, uh, I think we've got to give a shout out to Cade. That was a fairly impressive dismount on the finish jump in the LCQ. Um, so yeah, props to Cade. That was, uh, that was, I rated that. That was a good, good stop handstand, stuck the landing. And, uh, yeah, didn't like bitch and moan about it on social media, which um which is which is good to see. Kind of just yeah, accepted it as part of part of racing and yeah, move on to um Glendale this weekend, which in his in history Tomac's been really good at Glendale. So hopefully he um can figure some out and sort of get back in that top three because yeah, you have a few too many of those results in the championships gone before you know it. So yeah. I think uh I think Glendale I think Jet yeah, again is like Jeff said is gonna be difficult to beat at Glendale. It's gonna be a hard pack, uh fast flowing track, which yeah, right yeah. up his right up his alley. I think Roxanne though could do could do well also and Anderson there's sort of they do well on those tracks as well. So yeah, I think I think that's probably gonna be a top three in some order next week is Lawrence, Rox and Anderson.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Obviously, Glendale Tomac's so good there in the past, so it's fun to sort of step up and just forget about last weekend for him. And I guess for you, Jeff, just love your thoughts on Jet and Kenny Roxon as well. Pretty good flex by Jet, getting the whole shot leading every lap after so much stuff going on and off the bike, even though he had some very sketchy moments like a lot of riders did in that one, but it was very impressive, wasn't it? And obviously, Kenny just really sort of adapts well to any situation. That track, soft, ruddy, really rode well, got a solid gate pick from the heat and not the greatest start in the main, but just let his sort of riding do all the talking, the class he has. It's just so impressive watching him ride. And in person, you must be sort of treated to a masterclass every week and just getting to watch Kenny and the guys like Jet and Chase. It's just so cool and AP. But yeah, it's sort of Ken's one of those guys, the riding and the speed hasn't really translated into the results. So it was good to see him get back on the box there and just some pretty cool numbers from Paul. Obviously, Ken Roxon had the fastest lap time ahead of Lawrence and Sexton, obviously Jet leading all 28 laps. Main event, best average lap time was Lawrence, Sexton, and Roxon. This is a pretty cool one tier. Most consistent lap time, Blessinger, Hunter Lawrence, and Chase Sexton. So there's all little bits and pieces of positives for all those guys. So just especially would love your thoughts on Jet and Kenny. And how was the reception for Jet in Detroit as well, Jeff? Did he get a bit of booze, bit of a sort of standing ovation? And also all reports were that AP was the fan favorite. They just love him there, and especially after what happened last year.
1: So Anaheim fans, you know, that's kind of the heart of the sport, and they're pretty hardcore and they, they let him have it the weekend before, but Detroit, Hey, it, it was nothing like uh, Anaheim. He was well-received AP. The place went nuts when he went out there. Of course, Kenny, when he went out, the place went nuts. Um, the way that uh, with AP getting that heat raise win, I was like, Oh man, dude, that's going to be rad. You know? So he got a little vindication. He got a little vindication on Detroit, which was cool. Uh, the thing with Roxon, he—you could tell he was not stoked on the podium. He—he was—he was okay, but not stoked. But at the same time, stoked that he made it on onto the podium. The—the the guy is a gamer. You got to give him where credit where credits due at his age, and. The team he's working with, they've done something incredible. And I don't think we've seen the last one out of him. I think he'll get one this season as we go east uh, full-time. I think you're going to see that. Um, maybe Seattle, when it gets all ready, he seems to do pretty good in that ruddy, muddy mess, maybe uh, right up Kenny's alley. But uh, yeah, you could just see he was visibly bothered uh, during during that uh, press conference. He, he wanted more. Uh, the other night so i don't know how he'll do he had a he won the triple crown i think in 2020 at glendale when it was on honda i do believe so glendale's been good to him he can he can win on that track uh the triple crown probably favored him with his sprint speed on the starts uh, we'll see how he does at 20 but i i don't count him out at all as long as he doesn't stall the bike in, a, in the main i think he you got to count him for a win at all times
2: I think uh what what was it the heat race that Malcolm crashed in the in the whoops or was that the main where he hit the tough block, almost saved it, but then didn't quite save it and then got really angry for a tough block. Was that the heat race? I think he was he was kind of up there and then yeah, just they really, the the husky boys really like the struggling. Um just yeah just don't they just both don't seem to be gelling with that new 450 husky for whatever reason whether it's the frame or the suspension they just they don't seem to be enjoying it even when it's i mean next weekend's gonna be pretty hard pack so i thought i thought so so maybe with the steel frame they'll they'll be a bit more comfortable on that hard pack next next weekend but yeah just neither of them look really comfortable Barsha also, I know he's coming off an injury, so he's kind of still rebuilding. Um, doesn't look like the same Barsha from last year. Um I mean he obviously he got the podium in that mud race, but we know Bam Bam's pretty pretty good in the in the sloppy stuff. So I don't think anyone's overly surprised by that. But I know Ollie Stone, their their team manager, said he's not worried at all. So I guess he knows um better than i do so maybe i shouldn't worry but he just uh he doesn't just he just doesn't look as um as aggressive this year which is very uncommon for barsha but <clears throat> i think um ap sort of yeah I it was, it was good race got the heat race win which obviously yeah a little bit of redemption from last year didn't quite get the start in the main event, which was probably the difference between getting a podium and not. Really, I mean, the, he had the pace, so um, yeah, just didn't get the start. Just didn't um, didn't move forward quick enough to challenge the front of the three. I think if he had started in that top three, most likely finishes second or third. I think if Roxton and Webb get the start with Jet, I think they've got something for him. But um, yeah. Ifs and buts, candies and nuts, they didn't get the start. Jet got the start and it was it was all over before it even got going. So yeah, I think um moving forward, if 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 you get the opportunity to line up next to Jet and scream at him or something when the gate's about to drop and I don't know, just uh you just gotta mess with him, really, really fuck him up. <laughs> just <laughs> throw some elbows, just Anything you can do to get in his head, pull in his gate, uh, just anything. You just you, you you're just not going to beat him straight up on speed. It's just not going to happen. So, yeah, you're gonna have, they're gonna have to think outside the box. But again, he's a rookie as well, so he's gonna be the chance of him nailing twenty eight laps, picture perfect, in in supercross for the remaining sort of uh, however many rounds we got left, 12, 13 rounds, maybe a few more is. is is slim but also he went undefeated in outdoors so maybe not that slim but yeah he's a rookie still so you've kind of got to give him give him his props that he's able to just get start and run 28 laps like not picture perfect but picture more picture perfect than the rest of the field so i know he did have a pretty big moment after the finish um, I think they said he hit hit neutral like with the ruts with that deep he hit neutral, jumping onto that table and um sort of nose picked it. But yeah, I mean saved it just clearly strong as an ox, cause that would have just sent a lesser man flying flying into the face of the next single. So yeah, I mean you can't deny he's um I mean he's got about eighty percent muscle in his neck. So um <laughs> He's a strong lad. <laughs> I feel both
0: please. Yeah, it's going to be interesting seeing how it all plays out. Obviously, Jet was the first guy to win multiple races this year. And who do you guys think will, who actually will win races throughout the season? Obviously, you've got some heavy hitters. You'd expect Anderson, Roxon, Tomac to probably get one. So do you think that's the rest of them, or can you see some guys like Frandes, Barsha, Hunter, Mookie sneaking in for a win? And also for you, Jeff, just before we sort of head towards the close of this one. Was there much talk about Prado where he'll be lining up next year? Obviously a lot of rumors about the Kawasaki seat and a non-Austrian bikes really chasing that signature, mate. So just your take on who can win and Prado as well.
1: Yeah. um, God, I'd love to see Mookie was hot, dude. You know, I, I, I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily the bike. I just think he's just having shit luck, you know? And uh, I think, once he gets figured out, I, I think he's, I think he's going to surprise some people. He's still my, my pick to, to surprise some people and peel one out. You know, I, I think he'll do it. Um, didn't really hear any talk about Prado. Uh, I've heard the Cowie rumors myself, uh, but you know, you, you never know until we see him line up. Uh, I think that'd be pretty rad, um if that's true then it kind of probably spells the demise for Adam which sucks Um, does he stay and go to another team or does he become the broadcast legend he's determined to be Uh, I I don't know Uh, but it probably doesn't bode if that's really true it doesn't bode well for Adam uh, racing Supercross anymore but hey if you can't hold on to the bike dude thanks bro you got your national championship you've been great for the sport you're a great human being go have some fun, dude, you know, walk away while you're still in one piece, right, you know, so I, I hope I hope he ends up okay, um, but yeah, I, I don't know a whole lot about that, but hey, one thing I do want to uh, talk about, uh, at the end of the race, they kind of have everybody off at that little side thing they're talking to, to, talk to AP, and I'll go back, I just want to touch on Webb. Webb had the most determined evil thousand yard stare i've ever seen you know i'm kind of running around there just kind of getting some uh, raw edits while i'm down there and i turned and i i shot him and he looked at me and i was like uh-oh and i turned that phone and i moved it the other way <laughs> he, he just had that look like not now and i'm like yep got gotcha. you I, I read his mind but yeah that dude if anybody is going to disrupt jetson that's the guy i think i think uh uh, he was out there revving his bike hard on uh, Ferandes, uh where they're coming off the start straight, hitting that jump. He was just, you know, like, ooh, he's a little hot at uh, uh, Dylan, and Dylan ain't gonna move for you. Get around, figure a line out, Dylan. Dylan's not gonna move, uh, and and as he shouldn't. But uh, he he was pissed off. Like I haven't seen that look on Webb's face in a long time. And as as long as he turns that into positive uh, energy. I think uh I think he's the one if anybody's going to get inside Jetson's head and really mess up Jetson it's going to be him you know uh I don't know if he gets alongside him hits his start hits his kill switch on the start line or I don't know just messing with him just talking shit but I think that's the guy who's going to do it. And that, that look he had on his face right now, he's probably got a dartboard with Jetson's face on it down at the track. And he's uh, throwing bullseyes at it every night after he gets done riding. I, I guarantee you that he's, he's on hitting on him, like a, on a, like a smart bomb. He's, he's coming for jet.
2: Yeah. I think that obviously he was, he was leading the heat race. Um, and dropped it in the sand and really took him quite a long time to to pick the bike up and get going and obviously that affected his gate pick for the main event <clears throat> he was a bit further out than well, obviously what he would have been so I think had he not tipped over in the sand he would have had a, a, much, get, a much better gate pick and then obviously would have had a, most likely would have had a better start and probably could have done so much for Jack but yeah as it was obviously that tip over potentially cost him a podium overall because he had to really work to get to that fourth um, because as we've seen he had he had the speed to probably go with jet. So yeah, I think he was probably pretty frustrated with that tip over. Um just yeah, just easily down in the sand, just pushed the front too much and down he went. But yeah, I think that uh like you said, he was pretty pretty peed off with the whole the whole day by the signs of it.
0: Yeah, it was certainly a tough one for him, and he'll come back strong for sure. And as we wrap this one up and look forward to, I guess it's going to be pretty fascinating, the 450s and the 250 West, heading into Glendale with the Smith-RJ kitchen sort of battle going on there. That's going to be cool. So to close it out, lads, what are you looking forward to there? And what's on the cards for your respective weeks? Obviously, Jeff, I just saw that you guys have had Chad Reed on a podcast there, so that's pretty cool. And Brad, you got plenty of testing lined up as well coming up. So you start, Jeff. What are the plans for the week ahead? And then, Brad, you finish up.
1: Man, I'm I'm busier than a one-legged man in an ass-kicking contest. I uh, as soon as we hang up here I got to grab my car hauler trailer and and drive to Arizona and go drop it off go see my dad and then haul ass back here tomorrow and then I've got drug testing and uh and uh a bunch of training for my refinery job and then head to Glendale Friday and then Sunday morning I get up and drive from Phoenix Arizona to Salt Lake City which is uh quite the long haul about 10 11 hours of driving and then i'll be out of the racing scene for a month and a half until we get to seattle so i'm really looking forward to to one more round um i really wish i could have done all of them up to this point but life gets in the way sometimes but uh life's been great yeah if you guys get a chance after you listen to this pod hop on and uh uh, check out our, our uh, writers meeting uh, with uh, Ping and Bruce. And uh, we had Chad Reed on there. So that's something we're going to be doing moving forward every week. We moved it to an audio podcast uh, just because of the logistics of it. Um, trying to get everybody in the studio on Sunday to to film everything. just It just gets too hard with us being spread out and our schedules. So And it allows us to bring writers in. So we got some cool guests uh, going to be coming on in the next couple weeks. Some people that are really... Uh, we got a Scottish guy coming on there. Uh, we we got some we got some rad dudes coming up, so uh, I think you guys will like what we're doing with our uh, our uh, racing lookbacks and uh, forecast videos. So uh, focusing on that, um, just tons of social media, and uh, I know uh, we got a couple bikes that we're going to get out and get tested pretty soon. So Nathan's going to be busy shooting edits with all our test riders and with ping being out, that means Bruce and, and those guys have got to step up and do a lot of riding. And, uh, uh, yeah, the boys are just going to have to hold the fort down while I'm gone. You know, uh, I think they will be fine without me, but, uh, I'll get plenty of social media and all my breaks and everything. And, uh, Knock stuff out, but yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a busy, busy, hectic week. But I cannot wait for Glendale, so we'll have some good insight for next week and uh, go from there.
2: Yeah, I we're um, hopefully the weather's sort of on taking more of a better turn now, we're heading towards spring. So <clears throat> hopefully, we can um, get out and do quite a bit of testing. Um, yeah, I mean, if anyone listens to this, is a uh, fancy their hand at being a videographer or photographer um it would be dead handy i mean unfortunately we won't be able to pay you in any money but we can work other things out in like chips and curry sauce and things like that but um yeah i mean it's a it's a hard task to try and make me look good so but if anyone listening does fancy it um just drop me a message on instagram or something um it's mainly southwest stuff around here, so or if you don't mind travelling, I don't really mind, but yeah, we've got quite a few tests coming up so that'll be pretty good, I'm pretty, I'm looking forward to Daytona, I'm not far away now, I'm interested to see if Tomac can get back to sort of the normal Tomac we see at Daytona, I think 100% Tomac versus 100% Jet Lawrence around Daytona it'll be pretty spectacular, so um, yeah, fingers crossed for that but, um, yeah, I did actually listen to your, um, riders meeting today at work and it was, um, it's always interesting to hear what Chad Reed's got to say. I mean, he's, he's been in a couple main events, so he, um, just a few knows, knows his shit. Um, I'm not, not scared to mince words either, which is, uh, which is good. So yeah, it was a good listen. Got me through a couple, got me through an hour or two at work. So thanks for that. But, um, yeah, busy couple weeks coming up, and it uh, won't be long till we start racing as well. So,
0: yeah, looking forward to it all. Awesome. Thanks again for taking the time to join us, lads, and thank all the sponsors in Golf Racing, Fuels, Fly Racing, Monster Energy, Fox, Parts Europe, Scott, Bell Helmets, Acherbys, AS3 Performance, Kowalsaki UK, KTM UK, O'Neill, whole shop motor homes. And of course, even strokes for all the incredible support as without them, none to be possible. Obviously, thanks to the listeners for supporting all we do at MX vice. And thanks again, lads. And we'll speak soon.
1: Cheers, guys. Yeah. Thanks man.